Show with your host, Jeff Williams. Now, it's always been interesting to see what stories grip the media and then fall off suddenly, as if suddenly there was no more information to be had, or more accurately, they were no longer willing to discuss them. This happens all the time in the sphere of politics. Uh, the number of scandals that go away. Remember in the 1990s what a big name Monica Lewinsky was, and now she's poor, sad, forgotten, laid by the wayside, while the Clintons are reaching new heights, or new lows, depending on your perspective, but that is not the purpose of this particular broadcast. You see, I do wish to look at the 1990s and early 2000s, but specifically the phenomenon of crop circles. Now, for those of you who might have watched Unsolved Mysteries or similar um mysterious shows that highlighted the interesting things that were going on, crop circles were all the rage at the turn of the century. It was in the regular and the alternative media. You could turn on your TV 7 o'clock at night or tune into those AM broadcast stations that uh, were subject to less than rigorous academic standards, shall we say. Now, as a disclaimer, in no way, shape, or form does just another conspiracy show either endorse crop circles as something natural or unnatural, nor does it dismiss them. But rather, we're using them as an example to document the fact that the attention devoted to them by the mainstream media rose and fell so quickly. There's examples of crop circles that date back to at least 1678, when there was a woodcutting on the Mowing Devil released. It's a rather unremarkable one, depicts the devil, of course, going through a circle of hay, cutting a circle of hay with the traditional sky that one picture is harvesting with. Rather unremarkable, except for the fact that it's in 1678, a few hundred years before the modern crop circle phenomena started happening. In 1948, there's a German children's story, The Twelve Swans. I refuse to butcher the pronunciation of the German. Um, and it describes a farmer who found a circular ring of flattened grain on his field. And through several misadventures, his son discovered it was made by 12 princesses who were dancing around and fled the scene disguised as swans. Hence the name, the 12 swans. Fungi, called fairy rings, can cause circular areas of crops to die. And indeed, will-o'-the-wisp phenomena have also been tied to their appearances. 
and this is well attested to in folklore. As a matter of fact, the name fairy rings comes from the fungi that causes the circular depressions. Now, in the modern era, since approximately 1990, 10,000 crop circles have been reported internationally. The key word there is internationally, because it goes from Russia to the United Kingdom, Japan, the United States, and in fact, Canada. Now, these phenomena are documented by and researched by people who call themselves seriologists. Seriologists are crop circle researchers, and they have much more developed ideas than I intend to go into at the present time. But basically, they've been documenting these and other patterns that date back pretty much to the beginning of recorded history. But speaking of recorded history, let us take note of the word seriologist. And now it does seem to sound like serial. The reason is we get both the word serial and seriologist from the name Ceres, the Roman goddess of agriculture. This, of course, would be the goddess you would pray to to make sure your crop came in, in fertility and abundance. And indeed, she was the goddess of fertility and abundance, both in human prosperity, as measured by the riches that you took in in your fields, but also in marriage. Ceres was seen as a protector of law and order, and one of the defenders of the home. And by taking her name, Seriologists have managed once again to deliberately bring back a pagan mythological figure and paste it into the modern world. They consider themselves lawgivers from another time. They are imposing their laws upon a phenomena that defies description. Now, the crop circle phenomena is a pretty chaotic phenomena, one which currently has so many explanations, it's mind-boggling. But in 1991, two men, Doug Bauer and Dave Chorley, suddenly grabbed the attention of the worldwide media and claimed they were the ones that originated the phenomenon. Yes, they created crop circles back in 1978, after an evening of drinking. Because, of course... All such ideas come after intoxication of various substances. Now, they did demonstrate their ability to reproduce a basic crop circle using some planks of wood, some rope, and a few other simple tools. But with some very simple math, the first documented case, 1678 to 1991, really almost immediately rules out Doug Bauer and Dave Chorley's claim. Now, these two men, even more ludicrously, claim to have been responsible for all crop circles made prior to 1987. So, from 1978 to 1987, that is nearly 10 years of non-stop activity. Even assuming made a crop circle every single night, where did they find time to jet over to Russia, Japan, the United States, and make all the other crop circles? Indeed, it is absolutely impossible for two people to have done it. Now, there are imitators, and when people see an interesting idea, it's well known there is a copycat phenomena. However, the headlines, the world headlines, took notice of these two men's admission, two guys from a pub coming out and saying, oh, that lark, we're responsible for it all. Pour us another pint. 
That's it, cried the headlines. The mystery is solved. No UFOs, no mysterious phenomena, just a couple drunks from the local pub. And while that would seemingly put an end to it, the mystery really just begins. Many people probably have faked crop circles over the years, and doubtless Doug and Dave probably are telling somewhat of the truth. They probably did make a couple crop circles. I wouldn't put it past them. And there's, the problem is, there's too many crop circles to simply be the result of pranksters and jokesters, because ultimately, you have to ask what the motivation would be. Doug and Dave's motivation was simple. Get some fame and fortune and maybe get a couple rounds poured out at the local pub to celebrate their accomplishment in hoodwinking the local media and the new world media. After that, okay, I'll still admit other people may have other motives. Perhaps an artist wanting to make a statement or a town fair wanting to bring attention and advertising to itself. But realistically, a crop circle is notoriously inefficient for that. Um, a crop circle ultimately is best visible from the air. And since most of the human population, 99% of it is primarily ground driven, be it on foot, bicycle, car, what have you, crop circles just simply don't have the same impact as when you fly over them. Admit it, you're most your most vivid memories of crop circles are taken from an aerial from an aerial photography perspective, be it in the olden days by a helicopter, or in the modern days by a drone of whatever description, an octocopter, whatever it might be. And the fact is, there's just too many darn crop circles with too many different variations. And even more damningly, the fact is the late biophysicist William Levengood found differences between the crops inside their circles and outside of them, claiming this as evidence for them not being created by a human phenomena. Levengood, in fact, published papers in the journal Physiologia Plantarium, which translates as the Physiology of Plants, in 1994 and 1997. His discoveries were quite astonishing. There were deformities in the plants and their circles, which corresponded to the position of the grain inside the circle. This sounds like a little bit of gibberish, but this means the plants themselves were reacting to whatever force was causing them to bend over. And many crop circles have been found warped over. You see, if you step on a plant, whatever it is, it cracks in that direction. Whereas a large number of crop circles, not all of them, but a large number, bend as if they were forced to grow in that direction. And Mr. William Levengood found out that they do continue to grow after the crop has has been deformed into the circle formation, as opposed to the gentleman who trampled it down by foot for a prank. However, despite his research, it's been dismissed, most notably by Jack Nickel, who said, quote, until his work is independently replicated by qualified scientists doing double-blind studies and otherwise following stringent scientific protocols, there is no need to take seriously the many dubious claims that Levengood makes. End quote. So, in other words, <clears throat> Levengood's 
study, no matter how good it was, is not going to be taken seriously until another researcher takes it up. In effect, a qualified researcher with impeccable cred credentials has established a physical change in the plants themselves that cannot be explained by a foot stomping upon them, and this statement has been damned and brushed aside on the claims of a couple of pranksters from the local pub. This is ludicrous to say the least. And the fact that we accept the story from two guys with a claim over a researcher because the researcher doesn't have a double blind studies backing him up is simply intolerable. In the first place, double blind studies take place when money is available. No one is stepping forward to fund research into this phenomenon, partially because it is being dismissed thanks to Doug and Dave. So while William Levengood devoted time, energy, and resources to studying this phenomenon to convince people that what he was saying is true, Dave and Doug were freely, available, freely able to make their accusations in the media. In the modern world, we have what is called fake news, and we can see it at work here. In the past, when two pranksters use, are being used as a justification to refuse any funding for any future research into the field of seriology. Now, despite the fact that it's claimed that his research hasn't been duplicated, Alito Hasselhoff reported that according to his studies, the seeds from the plant over plants and crop circles grew much more slowly under control conditions. And that suggests Levengood's observations were quite probably correct. Yet, even with corroboration, the phenomenon barely registers in people's minds anymore. It's been cut out of mythos, the modern mythos. It's considered a joke by many and a scam by most people who hear about it. Ask yourself, what what are, the more, what are the majority of people who are doing these as a prank getting out of it? There's no money in making crop circles, and there's no friends, sorry, no fame except for perhaps to your friends. And beside Doug and Dave, no one has ever made money, or sorry, no one has ever made a name out of them. Now think about this as a court of law. If you have researchers on one side documenting their best case evidence, citing facts, research, and everything that they've done. And on the other side, you got a couple of guys from the public say, nah, nah, we did all that, nothing to worry about. Which do you think the judge would actually give credence to? And this, unfortunately, is the imbalance that we're facing. A couple of pranksters who were given the airtime by the public media, the mass media, have completely derailed and sidelined what might prove to be a very interesting line of scientific inquiry. It's that simple to get a major story out of the public's mind and to stifle public interest in it. Let's take, for example, at UFOs, or what are they being called now? Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, AEPs? At any rate, at one time in the 1960s, there were so many well-documented cases, it seemed that the aliens were co had come to visit us. As a matter of fact, they might be expected to land on the White House lawn any moment, extend their landing ramp, and step forward and say, take me to your leader. Nowadays, however, 
if you have pictures of well, aliens and spacecraft from another planet, you might as well throw it away. If it's blurry, that shows you have something to hide because our technology is better than that. If it's focused and well, sh well shot, well, obviously then, it's a Photoshop. No matter what we do in the modern day and age, the best evidence that we can get is still going to be dismissed out of hand. Fake news come back to bite us once again. See, UFOs and crop circles do form part of our collective unconscious, one that we need to study in spite of the best efforts of the Illuminati. While it might be true that there is nothing truly mysterious here, the fact that people want to bury these two subjects so deeply instead of, instead of investigating them, instead of investigating what could be causing them, shows that they are generating negative attention no one wants. There's something going on with UFOs and crop circles somebody wants no one to be looking at. There should be research being done into these fields. The research doesn't need to command the same budget as NASA, but who knows what phenomena have yet to be discovered. The space station discovered lightning that forms above the clouds, an observation that was unthinkable to us just 10 years ago. In the 1990s, the thought of planets around other such stars was considered an absolute impossibility, and certainly it was thought there was no possible way that we would be able to detect anything that small. But in fact, we did both these things. We discovered both of them, and we know even more about ourselves, the planet, and the universe than we ever did before, simply because somebody on the space station looked out the window, and a couple of astronomers said, even though it's not possible, we're going to try it anyway. Now, with our research, we might not discover little green men or princesses disguised as swans as the cause of the phenomena we see at work, but we might, just maybe, discover something that would be even more surprising. As I noted in an earlier episode, the jet engine is not a development of the propeller, it is a result of a whole new mode of thinking. We need to allow people to dream, to think of things outside the norm. Now, Science is an excellent tool, but is exactly that, a tool, and a tool that can sometimes be used as a blunt instrument. Occam's razor, the famous dictate, says the simplest explanation is the one that is usually the correct one, but it is not always the correct one. If the simplest explanation was always the right one, Police would have much simpler jobs figuring their cases out, whether it be robberies, murders, whatever the case might be. Scientists and physicists would have already unraveled all the mysteries of the universe by simply saying, huh, this is the simplest explanation, that is the one that is obviously the right one. And Occam's razor is often invoked to get rid of annoying and curious phenomena that science cannot immediately identify. Like I said, if 10-15 years of research was devoted into this, and not even at the level beyond a high school program, a university program, something that might give a couple people some jobs, ones that are willing to fund, who knows what we might discover? Are these magnetic phenomena, which is a possibility in my mind, it would explain a great many paranormal phenomena. But since we're not doing this research, we'll never know. Now, science is to be valued and to be praised for the contributions it's made from humanity, and we should never abandon its rigors. 
while I was insulting the double-blind and peer-reviewed testing, it is an absolute necessary part of verifying something in the public eye, according to scientific standards. However, it's interesting that something that would not hold up in a judicial case, such as the evidence presented by Levengood, versus the two pranksters that are saying, ah, we did it as a joke. In a court of law, the, the expert witness would obviously get more testimony. Whereas in the court of science, the expert witness is dismissed and the pranksters are the ones with the more convenient explanation. Now, we need to keep an eye open on every single blade of grass we've left unturned to discover things. Because there's tons and tons of programs and projects that lie abandoned in spite of various levels of success because scientists chose not to pursue them further or, more accurately, they didn't get funding for them. In 1989, as part of the Strategic Defense Initiative, more commonly known as Star Wars, the Pentagon orbited a neutral particle beam satellite. They even showed footage of it firing the neutral particle beam on CNN. I witnessed this when I was a much younger individual, and for a couple of years, I thought I had dreamed it. It was a different time in my life. I was actually on a cruise ship at the time, and I was thinking, oh, maybe this was one of the cases where I had a little much to drink and it didn't exist. But then back in 2000, I found an article that referenced the exact footage, and suddenly I realized I didn't dream it. It was real. This is something that really did happen. But go ahead. Try and find a reference to it on the internet, and it is most difficult. I can do it. But it's very difficult for even me to find it, and there's no footage of it on YouTube or any platform that I can find to be able to show everybody here. It's relatively boring black and white digitized photography because, of course, the human eye cannot see a neutral particle beam. But the same token, the evidence is there. This is something that we had in 1989. Yet, despite this successful test, or at least something successful enough that it could be released on CNN, even if only briefly, the technology was abandoned. Or perhaps more accurately, it was taken dark. Perhaps it was so successful that it was decided that it could not be allowed out into the general public and it needed to be squashed. And instead of 1989 having such incredible technology at our disposal, it's now only in 2018 that we are equipping some of the most advanced naval vessels with lasers and electromagnetic railguns. So the question is, was the technology a failure or was it such a success that they've de they declared it so high priority that the public was not supposed to know about it? You see, Gary McKinnon is a, United, is a hacker from the United Kingdom who claims he's discovered a list of 10 United States space warships and officers assigned to space command. Yet, rather than cover his groundbreaking information, which is astonishing, something straight out of Stargate SG-1 science fiction, they, they instead choose, on his, choose to focus on his extradition case. Now, whether the United States has 10 space battleships ready to take on goodness knows what is in their imagination, 
The fact is, this is a very interesting development. What did Gary McKinnon discover? What are the officers listed to be assigned to off-world detachments? Whether these are war games dreamed up in the minds of generals, which are a very common occurrence, one of the beautiful things about generals is they sit around all day and imagine what the next war is going to be like. So it's possible Gary McKinnon discovered nothing more than a general's personal folder where he was putting together his little scenario about how he would defeat the separatists from the Star Wars universe, how he would overcome the Jedi, or whatever it might be. Generals have studies and studies. That's how they spend their days, so that when the president says, I need this operation pulled off, pulled off, the general can reach into his back, po- back pocket, pull out his bundle of tricks and say, sir, I have the exact scenario you want right here. That's why generals make the big bucks, as they say in the military. But, Gary McKinnon, whatever he discovered, still it has to be extradited to the United States from the United Kingdom. The United Kingdom, to their credit, has said, no, we are going to stand by our civilian. We're going to keep a watch over him. And Gary McKinnon still gives tele- telephone interviews to radio stations, and all. And he still does speak out, but he is being completely ignored and marginalized. So there is, there is the fact that Gary McKinnon did commit a crime. He broke into an unsecured computer. Now, while this technically does not constitute a crime in most people's opinion, the fact is, he did go into, he did use the internet to go somewhere he wasn't supposed to. And whether he'd broken into IBM, um, YouTube, Google, whatever it might be, that's the purpose of the law. And the fact that he could break into the U.S. defense system that easily is cause for concern. But forget all that. Don't worry about all that. We're just going to worry about the extradition hearing. These failures are what we see as a society. Failures to concentrate our interests where it is needed. Instead of covering events that would hint at a much bigger world, things that are beyond our imagination, things that go on at the highest level, it's easier for the media to cover the Olympics, football, and whatever local murders took place this week. And of course, the weather, which we see every night on the news, whether we want to or not. So... Yes, murder is a tragedy. Yes, crime is bad. But it's time we see, as a human race, that we are being lied to. And it's time for us to stop taking that lying down. It's time to stand up, together, as the human race, and demand that we be told the truth. Stand Up is, of course, our theme music, recorded by Pipe Choir, It reminds us all to stand together and stand as one. And special thanks to A View From Space Group from Facebook, who has stood by just another conspiracy show since the very beginning. Thanks also to Creepy, Weird, and Cool Group from Facebook, who are staunch supporters of this show. And a reminder, you can download Cemetery Island by Jeff Williams, the host of the show, a book about a young man's struggle to uncover the truth of his own situation when he has been incarcerated in a mental institution. A link will be in the comments. In May, my, the next book in the series, Age of Ashes, will be, will be unveiled. And trust me, it's a post-apocalyptic ride that you won't want to miss. But that's something to look forward to. 
But lastly, as always, thank you for allowing just another conspiracy show into your home tonight. <laughs>